Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Hello again, everyone. This is Paul Stone, and welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. It's shortly after noon on Wednesday, December 13th. Uh, college football's 43-game bowl extravaganza kicks off this Saturday. December 16th with six bowl games, uh, with the first of those kicking off at 10 a.m. Central, uh, and the last, Cal against Texas Tech, likely not ending until around midnight Central time in Shreveport, Louisiana. So buckle up, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have a lot of college football between now and the national championship game on Monday, January 8th at NRG Stadium in Houston. Today's episode, by the way, titled Bowl Me Over. Many college football fans and even handicappers, you know, don't have great interest, frankly, in my opinion, in many of the bowl games due to all the missing players. Due to, and the missing players due to the ever-popular transfer portal, uh, other players opting out, to preserve uh, their body and prepare uh, for the upcoming NFL draft in April. And I understand that. You know, I get that. As a handicapper, though, I don't get to make the rules, but I do get to bet the games. And while conceding, you know, certainly some of the games have probably lost some of their luster. I would concurrently maintain that those same games present many attractive betting opportunities for the hardworking handicapper. I often use the phrase hardworking handicapper because I want to distinguish between us guys and gals who are hard at it from those who are asleep at the wheel, you know, coasting to the finish line, uh, looking forward to another long season coming to a close. You know, before I get to where the hardworking handicapper gains his advantage during the dog days of December, I want to briefly recap the standalone classic this past weekend, Army and Navy playing for the first time at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. So in brief summation, looking back at the game, Army absolutely dominated the first half, led 10-0 to at the half, Navy kind of uh, staged a comeback uh, in the second half, but the cadets seemed to put the game away with just under five minutes remaining when Caleb Fortner uh, stripped the ball away from Navy quarterback Ty Lavatai, uh, retrieved it on one bounce, and comfortably raced 44 yards to the end zone for a 17-3 Army lead. But Lavatai uh, and the midshipman, 
they fought back. You know, these games always seem to go down to the wire no matter what. And the game's outcome wasn't decided until the final seconds when Labatai was stopped just inches short of the goal line on a quarterback sneak. But the betting outcome, at least for many who bet the total, wasn't decided until the next play, the game's final play, when Army, predictably, took an intentional safety to make the final score 17-11. to The total uh, was 28 for much of the week at many books, but some bettors got 28 and a half, and others got 27 and a half. You know, this game... Uh, has historically been extremely low scoring. Uh, so many bettors, in my opinion, blindly bet it to go under, regardless of the number. You know, I think only in recent years has the line maker wised up uh, and forced bettors to think long and hard before automatically punching in the under. You know, this year's uh, game, again, closed in the high 20s. Last year's game, closing at 32. So all of this, just to state my opinion, my position, that no under better should have lost with an under 27 and a half ticket. No one should have had that ticket. 28 was available far and wide most of the week. 28 and a half was even available for the discriminating shopper. If your goal is to become a long-term winning sports better. You can't take the worst number ever available in the marketplace and legitimately expect long-term success. Being successful is at least somewhat based on accruing a series of small advantages that when adjudicated individually amount to very little but when viewed collectively as a whole, can be the difference between winning and losing as a sports better. Remember, 52% against the spread eventually lands you in that outhouse. 53% on the other hand, uh, if if your handle and volume is high enough, it might not get you in the penthouse, but it's still going to get you in a pretty nice house. So the, the differences uh, in winning and losing are so very small uh, in this business of laying 11 to get back 10. Moral of the story is this. Friends, don't let friends take Army-Navy under 27 and a half when 28 and even 28 and a half was available during the week. Before we discuss betting the bowls, I'm going to do a quick plug for Paul Stone Sports. Uh, I've historically had success betting the bowls. Uh, remains absolutely one of my favorite betting times of the season. Uh, over the last three years, I've released a total of 53 bowl selections, hitting 57% of those premium selections as monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. I am now offering my entire bowl package, which begins, of course, this Saturday, December 16th, all the way through the national championship game on Monday, January 8th, 
for just $149. Again, the total price for my bowl package, just $149. If interested, please visit paulstonesports.org. Again, that's paulstonesports.org. While we're at it, let's go ahead and provide this week's complimentary selection uh, in one of the bowl games, one of those six games being played this Saturday, December 16th. That being the New Mexico Bowl pitting home state, New Mexico State, runners-up this season in Conference USA, and Fresno State of the Mountain West Conference. New Mexico State uh, currently favored by three and a half points over Fresno State. And first of all, I want to say the emergence of this historically weak New Mexico State football team under the leadership of uh, second-year head coach Jerry Kill has been simply remarkable. Uh, prior to his arrival before the 22, uh, 2022 season, rather, the Aggies, New Mexico State, had won a grand total of 46 games in the previous 17 seasons, an average of just 2.7 wins per, se- uh, per season. Under Kill this season, New Mexico State won 10 games for the first time since way back in 1960 when they competed in the Border Intercollegiate Athletic Association. I thought I had heard of it all, knew all the the past conferences and so forth, but that's the first time I've heard of the Border Intercollegiate Athletic Association. Against Fresno State on Saturday, uh, New Mexico State's going to be playing in its home state there in Albuquerque seeking its second straight uh, bowl victory. Last year, the Aggies defeated Bowling Green 24-19 in the Quick Lane Bowl as a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, New Mexico State, their unmistakable leader is uh, quarterback Diego Pavia. Uh, He was recently named Conference USA's Offensive Player of the Year, led the Aggies to perhaps the biggest victory in school history, and that was a 31-10 Late season win at Auburn in late November as a 26-point underdog, one of the most shocking results of the entire 2023 college football regular season. Uh, Looking at Fresno State, after winning 10 games last year, uh, the Bulldogs certainly slipped uh, a notch this season. Won eight games during the regular season, but they enter the bowl game on a three-game losing streak. They're going to be without their head coach, Jeff Tedford. Uh, who's not going to coach due to health issues. He is expected to return uh, next season. You know, to me, Fresno State, uh, they look like a team perhaps looking to put this season in the rearview mirror, if you will. New Mexico State, you look at their website, this kind of tells what their interest level is concerning this bowl game. They've got a countdown clock on the athletic department's website counting down to the kickoff of Saturday's New Mexico Bowl. So they're the more excited team. They're playing in their home state. They finished the season, the regular season, uh, on a higher note. They are punching up in class. You know, having the opportunity to defeat a Mountain West team would certainly be a feather in the cap of New Mexico State and Jerry Kill. Take New Mexico State minus three and a half over Fresno State on Saturday. December 16th. So now for some uh, general guidelines 
uh, nuggets of advice when handicapping and betting the bowl games. Uh, first of all, during the regular season, you've probably heard me say this before. I've maybe even said it recently on this podcast. But when you're handicapping the regular season, it's all about the number, in my opinion. Getting the best of a number more often than not. Taking a really aggressive approach. Betting early and betting often. But during the bowls, my approach shifts dramatically. It's a uh, seismic shift, actually. No longer is my quest primarily about the number, but the focus is now about the information. That information being who's in and who's out for each participating team. How each team is affected by players moving into the transfer portal and others uh, perhaps opting out of the bowl game to prepare for the upcoming NFL draft. Some teams, uh, especially those in the midst of coaching changes, can be heavily impacted uh, by the portal. Others, not so much. Uh, and if those two teams, those two types of teams are, uh, are matched against one another, uh, then you might have a favorable betting opportunity. You know, during bowl season, again, I don't agonize as much about the number. You know, when a favorite's laying three and a half, you know, thinking I should only play it if it drops to three, that's still important, but not as important. Again, the number's always important, but the information uh, during bowl season is more important. Knowing who's going to perhaps be absent, uh, especially uh, at the critical quarterback position, just uh, is really heightened during the bowl season. Obviously, these people play during the year for the most part outside of injury, but the bowl season has uh, become a, uh, a different animal in recent years. You know, as, often, uh, as is often the case when trying to solve the handicapping puzzle, uh, the answers that we're seeking are not always cut and dry. You know, it's not uh, easily and uh, conveniently spoon-fed to you, the handicapper. Instead, you have to be adept at reading the tea, the tea leaves, so to speak. You have to anticipate what is most likely to happen before it happens to get in front of the major line move when it indeed happens. You won't always be right in your educated guesses, you know, but if you've, you know, you've got the gift and you do the work, you know, perhaps you'll anticipate those personnel judgments correctly, you know, two-thirds of the time or maybe even more. Uh, this past Monday, again, which was December 11th, I took West Virginia minus three over North Carolina uh, in the December 27th Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, which is going to be played 141 miles from North Carolina's Chapel Hill campus. You know, I saw a lot of uh, factors, or I see a lot of factors in West Virginia's favor in this matchup. North Carolina had a relatively disappointing season, went just 4-4 four and four in ACC action. West Virginia, on the other hand, they won three of their last four games, salvaged uh, their head coach Neil Brown's job. Uh, they certainly, in my mind, appear to hold the motivation advantage in this bowl game. Really, my only hesitation uh, prior to uh, making the bet on Monday 
was based on Drake May's availability or non-availability in the game. Uh, The North Carolina quarterback, you probably know, is projected by some uh, to be the first overall selection in the upcoming 2024 NFL draft. In today's age of uh, college football, you know, typically such a player would be an almost certain opt-out, elect to forego their uh, school's bowl game, uh, primarily uh, to avoid, you know, potential injury regardless of their stated reason. But with the Tar Heels bowl game being played in May's hometown of Charlotte, you know, to me, that just added another layer to the handicap. Plus, you know, I felt May might be that rare guy, you know, who would choose to take the field, you know, that one last time with his college teammates. But ultimately, you know, I understand uh, one's sentimental nature, if you will, is almost always trumped by the never-ending pursuit of the almighty dollar. And don't get me wrong, I'm a capitalist. You know, I'm just kind of relaying my frame of mind uh, during my handicapping process of this game. So on Monday, you know, I fired on uh, West Virginia at minus three, anticipating May would ultimately opt out of the game. And it came a little more quickly than I anticipated the following day, which was yesterday, Tuesday, uh, December 12th. May formally announced he was declaring for the NFL draft, which was totally expected, and also concurrently announced he would not play in the Tar Heels' upcoming bowl game against West Virginia. Uh, backup Connor Harrell, who's thrown all of six passes uh, during this past regular season, he now will be the starter at quarterback for the Tar Heels in the bowl game. As of midday today, again, Wednesday, December 13th, the line is as low as five and a half at some shops, as high as uh, six and a half at others. You know, I think there might still be some value, a little value in taking West Virginia at minus five and a half. Certainly not as much uh, as the three available two days ago. But uh, act swiftly if you want to take the Mountaineers, lay the points, find the five and a half, because I think that number is going to disappear sooner rather than later and it's going to climb to six and higher market-wide as we get closer to game day. You know, some of the, before we close here, some of the potential portal guys, and you can do your own checklist, but just uh, some of the potential portal guys and opt-outs going forward who have yet to publicly uh, announce their intentions one way or the other. Such a list would certainly include Oklahoma State running back Ollie Gordon II, gained over 1,600 yards this past season for the uh, Cowboys. He's not draft eligible, but he is almost certainly being presented with some high-dollar NIL deals uh, from schools not named Oklahoma State. So there's certainly a chance uh, that he could go into the portal. The portal remains open this cycle until January 2nd. You also want to keep your eye on a slew of Ohio State players who could choose to uh, opt out of the bowl game uh, to prepare for the NFL draft, which they're opting out. If uh, some or several opt out of the bowl game, that would further dilute uh, the Buckeyes roster uh, in their match against Missouri. A quarterback, uh, Tagovailoa at uh, Maryland, is certainly someone to monitor, in my opinion. And why would Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Jaden Daniels play 
uh, in LSU's bowl game against Wisconsin, a bowl game featuring two teams with a total of eight losses between them. You know, there are certainly uh, others to keep a close eye on and, um, you know, do your homework again. It's about the information. It's about knowing who's going to play, who's not going to play. Know also that sometimes a player will say, I'm going to play. I'm going to play in the bowl game. It's my intention. And then they won't play. Um, (laughs) You know, some of this information about players who are going in the portal, who are opting out, uh, to enter the NF in preparation for the NFL draft. Some of this information we won't know until two days before the game. Some cases we won't know until two hours before the game. And in others, we won't know until the game's kicked off and they're either in street clothes or nowhere to be found or whatever the case might be. So with no uh, injury reporting requirement in college football, uh, the harding worker, the hardest or harder working handicappers you know, get the prize. So, uh, you know, stay on top of that. Do your best to know who's going to play. Do your best to who to anticipate who might not play. And you'll have a leg up uh, on the competition in the marketplace. Well, there's work to be done. Uh, the days get even longer this time of the year when college basketball season overlaps the college football season. So I'm going to put a wrap uh, on another episode of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. I appreciate you listening. Hope there was something of value to you this week. Until next time, signing off, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions.